Having friends in high places is beneficial around draft time. Today, we are joined by Brian Bearfield of Big Sarge Media and the Texan Wire to discuss the NFL Combine. To tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what, it, that's what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And listen, make sure you check us out on all of the major podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as YouTube on your off day, on your own day. Make sure you just follow us uh, on YouTube and also subscribe to the Locked On Texans Twitter page. Welcome into a Monday episode. Cody will not be joining the show for today. However, like I mentioned, it's always good to have friends in high places. And since we are located in Houston, Indy is up north, a little higher in terms of the compass, you know, south, north. And I'm bringing in my man, Big Sarge, who is in Indy for the past couple of days at the NFL Combine, uh, Texan Wire, Big Sarge Media. We are back this week. And what better way to start it off with that big smile? What's going on, brother? Hey, thanks for having me, man. Look, you see, I brought my cowboy hat with me, too. I brought the country to Indianapolis. Oh, and you know man. what they said? Oh, Oh, so you're from Texas, huh? What part again? Houston? We got a little something for you. I want to say a couple of days ago, I walked out of Lucas Oil Field thinking that I'm, you know, okay, it's been a little bit, you know, the temperature's been a little bit different up here. And I walked out. The wind almost blew me off the sidewalk. And, you know, I'm a like Big Sarge ain't just a name. I'm a big dude. <laughs> I had to almost grab on to something. And then it started snowing. Now, mind you, in the morning it had rained. And then at that night it was snowing. I said, "Oh no, I'm I'm ready to go home." I know you're ready to come back home to Houston. I know you're ready to come home to Houston. We got to talk to quarterback class, of course. That's going to be fun. AR15 Anthony Richardson. I think he athletically blew everybody away, but he met the expectations that everybody thought of uh, of him as a quarterback. But before we talk about CJ Bryce and Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, who I think had a decent day uh, for a quarterback, I wanted to ask you about. Let's go into your eyes, and I want to see what you saw and then bring it over to our listeners and the people that's listening uh, watching on YouTube. This defensive line class, Kalaja Kansi, uh, Jaden Redmond, uh, uh, it's, it's a couple of guys, like two boys uh, from UT, uh, my man Starks that played for Coastal Carolina, I think that's his name, uh, big dude, Keanu Benton. A lot of defensive linemen, especially on the in, in the interior position, is in this draft. And I'm not even talking about the edge guys like a Nolan Smith who ran a four, it's a four three nine, blazing fast, smoking. How deep do you think this defensive line class is? And more importantly, how beneficial is this class for Houston? This class is very deep. And those young men that you just named, I mean, they some those are some big names, some pretty good names, you know. That you some pretty good names that you named there. It's a very very deep class. It's a very very deep class as far as defensive linemen is concerned, and you know defensive backs as well. But we'll talk about that at another time. 
But um, I'm going to tell you, there's some some of those guys that stood out to me. One stood out, and I think that, you know, he was talked about a lot, and it was uh, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. He showed, So let, let me preface my statement by saying this, and I want to preface my statement because I want people to know that, yes, I do know what the combine is. I, I, I've said it on multiple occasions. I think that the combine is the equivalent to, like, the uh, – PT test in the army, you know, we do in the army, we had to run, see how, how fast, I mean, how, you can run two miles, how fast you can run a two mile in, how fast you can do sit-ups in two minutes, how fast you can do push-ups in, in, in two minutes. But that really doesn't determine what happens when you have on all your gear, you know, when you got on, on your, your bulletproof vest and your weapon and, you know, all that, it, it doesn't prove anything. So I understand that these guys was just in shorts and t-shirts, but what you see and what I got a chance to see and what changed my mind, because this is the first combine I've ever done. What changed my mind was the fact that I got a chance to see these guys fundamentally. Hmm. Like I understand they didn't have the pads on, but the way that right. they, their, their fundamentals, you can see, you know, which guys had it and which guys didn't. And I'm going to tell you, like I said, Lucas, uh, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, he stood out to me a lot. Um, like you said, Kalaja Kansi, Nolan Smith, of course, even though he got shut down early. But there was one guy, and I apologize because I can't pronounce his name, and I don't want to butcher his name. I just called him Double A out of Northwest. Out of Barre. My God. Blazing fast. Speed was oh, crazy. I think he was one of the guys goodness. that, not to cut you off, but I think he was one of those players that um, – you know, you got the you got the ARs of the 15 of the world. You got the Bryce. You got those those players that, regardless of what they do, they're going to be a first round draft pick. I think coming into the combine, I don't think a lot of people knew much about that young man. And when he went out there and ran at 40 and ran a 449 out of Northwestern, plays defensive end, 6'2, 282 yards. I thought to myself. Pounds. Well, this could be one of those players. Each and every year, we see we see a guy come out of nowhere. He may be one of those guys. Oh, for sure. And like I said, watching him go through the drills, you know. So of course, the the forty time opened my eyes. I was like, wait a minute, because you know, Northwestern did not have a good team this year. No, they were, no. if I'm not mistaken, they went one and nine. I had, I think that the only game they won was uh, did they play in Dublin, Ireland, or something like that? If I'm not mistaken. No, I'm not watching but too they, many Northwestern games. <laughs> exactly. They didn't have a good team, so a lot of those guys did not stand out. But, man, watching him, watching him run that 40, watching him go through those drills, I was like, wow. Like, he he stood out with the, the Power 5 schools as far as the big boys was concerned. Now, there's another guy that I also got a chance to look at, Dante Steeles out of West Virginia. What's funny that, about him, I watched that game with West Virginia and – Cassie popped off the screen. Steels also popped off the screen. Yes. And so when I got a chance to interview and talk to him, like I, I didn't know that his father is a former NFL player. I think he played with the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, talking to that young man and just listen to him. And, you know, he, he said if he got a chance and opportunity to play for the Houston Texans, he'd love to play for a coach like D'Amico Ryans, a defensive-minded head coach like D'Amico Ryans. And so – He's another guy that stood out to me here at the combine as far as the defensive side of the ball was concerned. So when we talk about all these defensive linemen, right, inside, outside, interior, exterior, 
edge rush to D tackles, traditional, whatever the case is. Because I look at a Keanu Benton, and he's a guy that plays nose tackle. But I think with his size and how athletic he is, I think he could be beneficial for Houston. What I'm getting at is, is it a necessity for Houston to target some of these guys early on between uh, two twelve and thirty three, or because of how deep this class is, they'll be able to find some good athletic talent later on in the draft that can help build this team's depth up at the defensive line position. Yeah, I wouldn't take uh, two twelve and thirty three. Will be specifically designed for offensive players only when it comes to the Houston Texans. It's something that they definitely have to they, that that offensive side of the ball needs help. And and I've said this on numerous occasions. The defense wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. Of course, they were bad against the run. And later, but later on in the season, when Lovey, and I've said this before, when Lovey decided to change up his scheme, they started to look better and better. And so the defensive side of the ball wasn't as bad and does it, it needs an upgrade. Of course, I'm not going to sit here and say it doesn't need an upgrade. Of course, they need, you know, outside of deep, because you can't ever have too many defensive linemen, of course. But you know they need to upgrade their linebacker. They could use another. Uh, they could use another cornerback, and they could definitely use another safety. So, but I would def I, I would go with the offensive side of the ball first, and then I would wait, just like you said, to those later rounds in order to get a defensive player. Is Kalaja Kansi worth drafting early? I, I think he's the most early polished. I, I think he's the most polished defensive tackle. We'll talk about that later this week. In terms of pass rushing and being able to get in the backfield and create tackles for loss, I think he is the most polished in this draft at his position. Of so, course. So here's a well, here's 12, a real 33. Question. So this is what I was about to say. If the Texans trade back, okay. If the Texans trade out of the number two spot, that means they're going to get probably multiple second round picks and multiple and and at least a third round at least an additional third round or even multiple fourth rounds, but they're going to definitely pick up some additional second round picks. Now, if they do that, then that will be somebody that you could take a look at if they get those additional picks. But if they okay. do not get that additional pick and they stay in the position that they are, no, I, I can't see it. Now, one thing Big Sarge does before we move on is he's always looking out for the city of Houston, even though he's a Dallas Cowboy fan. U of H, Rockets, um, Astros, Texans, which is why we are here. And Tank Dale has been a name that's been surging up a lot of people draft boards at their wide receiver position. You had an opportunity to talk to him, and I do want to reference your question by asking him, does he believe he would be able to help Houston in this rebuild, seeing as though the past couple of years, as Houston has been bad, U of H, been up and up, but he's been in the city of Houston, right? And one of his, yes. his response was he believes that he'd be able to uh, help Houston. I think not only on the field, he is a Houston U of H product, so that'll help as well. But talking with Tank Dale, what are some of the things that when you see him, when you speak to him, when you break down his technique, and he may have the the fastest looking 4-5 I've ever seen. <laughs> like, when I saw him run, I didn't think that was a 4-5. I legit thought he ran a 4-3. But it was a four or five, and I think at his pro day to be much higher because I don't think he came out the blocks as clean as he would like to. But talking with him as a prospect, is he is he a guy that you know for the fans at home that may know Tank Dale or may not know a lot about Tank Dale? Five eight slot kind of guy, but he's deadly. 
Yes. What, what, what can Houston do with that guy? Oh, Houston could definitely use a guy like a Tank Dell. And if you look at – and what's happening to Tank Dell right now is his story. It, it's 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 his story in the making because – and I don't mean history. I'm talking about it's his story, Tank Dell's story. Because you remember he started out at Alabama A&M, transferred to Independence Junior College, and then came to U of H where he played three years. And in his last year, he led – I think what, what did he led the nation in receiving – uh, came, it was in second as far as reception is concerned, and I think that he was first as far as touchdowns is concerned. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, but here's a guy that's an extremely hard worker. His teammates love him. I mean, even the other wide receivers that is here. In the midst of him doing this interview the other day, we were asking questions. Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers walked by and was like, "Tank," you know what I mean. So they recognize who he is and what he does, and as far as his production is concerned. <sighs> Here's the problem that I had with Tank Dale here at the Combine. Talking to Tank, he, he's very confident. He has a lot of confidence in himself, and he's his own worst critic. Hmm. I believe that him not running the 40 times that he wanted to run, I think it affected him. Because after he ran the second time, you could see him talking to himself. As he was walking, he was just talking to himself, talking to himself. And then he started to go through the drills. And I think by that time, he may have gotten into his own head because there were some passes that he missed. So he didn't look all the way clean coming out of the breaks. Now, some of those passes, you know, they were just bad passes from the quarterback. But I think that he kind of got into his own head. I feel like if they were to do it over again, that Tank Dale would pop off the screen as far as the 40 times and going through the drills. And so – when you have a person like that, when you have a person who's their own worst critic and hard on themselves, you know what you're getting. I asked him, what is a team getting in drafting uh, Tank Dell? And he said, they're getting a dog. And so that's the type of attitude that you want. So I, I could definitely see him. And, and he's the type of guy, we watched him on tape. He's the type of guy, he's going to pretty much catch everything. He's going to get open. Yes, he has a smaller frame, but he doesn't take a lot of hard hits either. So if you lose a Brandon Cooks, you can definitely insert a Tank Dell. I'm glad you mentioned uh, uh, about him getting into his head. You mentioned the good and the bad. 14 touchdowns in the last nine games with U of H. However, 21 passes dropped in the past two years, according to PFF. So you take the good, you take the bad. But now we got to talk about the quarterbacks and which one Houston should take with the number two overall pick. That's coming up on the Locked on Texan podcast. As we continue to build the life that we want to build and try to create healthier habits, I always want to preach to you guys. Not preach to you guys, but bring to you the joy of Built Bar, which is healthy, tasty, covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almonds. And the best part about it is now you don't have to wait for your online order. You can run into your local Walmart or Sam's Club right now. And, of course, the best part, why only not only are they tasty, but they're healthy for you. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. So you can always order online at Built.com. But remember, you can check them out at your local Walmart and Sam's Club today. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there in the YouTube world. One of the strangest... 40s I've seen was Max Duggan running a 
didn't think I was going to see Max Duggan run the four five. I, I didn't. He either. was moving. I didn't think he I was, was going to see Stetson Bennett run that fast either. I didn't think I was going to see Stetson Bennett run a four six either. But of course, the talk of the combine was undoubtedly Anthony Richardson's four four. His vertical, I think, was uh, was a forty one and a half. His vert. And then, of course, the backflip, which I kind of <gasps> a little bit because he fell and leaned. I thought he was going to do something, and I didn't want to see nothing crazy happen. But between Anthony Richardson and his athletic ability, between Bryce Young showing up in the platform shoes, but weighing over 200 pounds at 204 and 5'10 and a half, I believe, and between the precision passing ability from C.J. Stroud, when you had an opportunity – to look at all three of those young men go out at the combine and perform or do some of the things that they do well with the number two overall pick, who is the guy? And, of course, we got pro days coming up soon, but who is the guy you believe Houston should secure and lock down and move forward with their franchise? <sighs> John, that is a very, very good question. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm not answering the question, but – it's a what have you done for me lately type of question and answer that I'm about to give you because I can only, I've never seen Bryce Young play in person. I, I just seen it for the first time in person. So everything that I've watched has either been game time or on film. So I love the fact that Bryce Young is a guy who doesn't take a lot of hits. He's a very good decision Purposely. maker. Yeah, yes. He's a very good decision maker. He knows exactly what to do with the football, but I didn't get a chance to watch him and lay eyes on him. So by not laying eyes on him, I'm saying to myself, okay, I know what the Texans could get. Then I look at CJ Stroud and I say, I like CJ Stroud. I like CJ Stroud's confidence. And <clears throat> John, you ever been in a room with someone and when they're talking, you can just like, oh yeah, he got it in him. Like, there's certain people you just talk to, you like, oh, yeah, but whatever. Even if you don't know their occupation, you just know that they have it in them. C.J. Stroud has it in him. Listening right. to him, he has it in him. And the one thing that I like that, that he kept repeating over and over was the fact that he had to get his teammates involved. He had to get his teammates involved. He talked about because, you know, one of the knocks on C.J. Stroud is that he doesn't run a lot. And he said, after studying the play for eight hours, you don't just go one, two, run. He said, you go one, two, three, four, you go through all your progressions. I like that. A lot of quarterbacks go first read, second read, and then now they're scrambling trying to figure out what to do. But I like that. I like the fact that he said, I like to throw wide receivers open. Yeah. During his workout, during the drills, if you go back and you watch, watch where he's putting these footballs. Watch all where those deep passes. Yes. Beautiful. Yes, he's throw on the in those drills. He's throwing these wide receivers open. So I love that. I love the fact that he he looks like he can he will grow to be a complete quarterback once they add whatever team he goes to and they add the right package. If that's the Houston Texans, then of course. But man, listen. And and let me let me say this, and, and I because you and I, I think we've talked about this before, but I'll say it now. We're on the same page. It's only the, so much the combine is going to give you. Yes. You still have to look at the film, the tape. And one game that I, you know, I'm not 
a huge Bryce Young for Houston only because of his height and the interior guard, you know, between the center and guard position. But one game that I think everybody should go watch was the UT game. Go watch how he performed in that UT game. And no, I'm not just saying it because I love that school. <laughs> Alabama really could have lost. It should have lost that game if Quinn Ewers doesn't go down. Yes. And that was the best defensive performance I've seen from UT in a very long time. And he took some hits. But watch how he avoided the hits he could have hit. He could have got hit. Watch how Bryce Young threw a lot of these guys open and stayed in the pocket and made some of those plays. And then that last-minute touchdown to, uh, you know, go up on UT before UT goes and score a field goal, I believe. So Bryce Young is one of those guys where – because of his height, I don't want him. But if Houston or any of these teams say, you know what, he is the guy that we want, you can't be mad at it because intellectually yes. he has it. But CJ, yes, he has it as well. He's the leader as well. And he does a very good job with passing. And those deep bomb yes. throws, I'm looking at him and I'm looking at Anthony Richardson and I'm saying, in the NFL, the way that CJ is throwing those, these passes open, and you can see that when you go back and watch film to bring it back, and the way Anthony Richardson is throwing the passes, it's a small er margin of error, but it makes a difference. And I look at CJ, I'm thinking to myself, I just don't see how Houston can pass up on him. Well, so here's the thing. So another game that they, they asked Bryce <clears throat> they asked Bryce Young, you know, if there was one game that had to stand out, which one would it be? And he talked about the Iron Bowl two years ago where they went, what, four overtimes against Auburn and one, and I think that he yeah. hit John Mechie Tough. for a two-point conversion. Tough. <laughs> Look, John Tough. Mechie. <laughs> Tough. For, for, right, and so he talked about that game. But a day, day or no, two days prior, I was talking to defensive lineman DJ Dale, and I was asking him about Bryce Young, and he said the game that stood out to him the most was the Iron Bowl as well. He said – when we got down, he said we were down and we started off the one yard line. And he said, and this guy was laughing. He said Bryce Young was laughing and smiling because he's like, hey, I already know what I'm about to go do. And so then he went out there and he did it. And then everybody got a chance to see him, of course. I think that's the year that he won the Heisman Trophy. It's the Heisman and yep. Yeah. So CJ Stroud, we know what he could do. But let me tell you something about Anthony Richardson. Who, by the way, I think that was your question. What you gonna do on third and eight? Was that you? No, 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 no. That was someone else's question that I asked had a that. Response. No, I, didn't, I didn't ask that. But yeah, someone else asked that question. But so, like, once again, here's a guy that I've never seen play in person. A guy that I never met in person. I heard a lot about him because I am really good friends with his quarterback coach. So I knew who he was. I knew about him. Uh, his quarterback's coach had been talking about him way before. He's like, he's like, I got this kid that once he gets his opportunity, you're going to see. And so we know that he got his opportunity last year. And, and side note, you know, a lot, a lot of people, when they want to criticize Anthony Richardson, they only want to talk about one year. That's 13 starts. 13 starts. He doesn't have three years worth of game tape. He doesn't have two years worth of game tape. He has one season. 13 start 12, 12 or 13 starts if I'm not mistaken. So here's a guy when I seen him at the podium, I'm listening to him talk. I say, Oh yeah. Okay. He's here. Cause he has a point to prove. 
He has a point to prove. Now he could never play for Deion Sanders. I mean, yeah, he could never play for Deion Sanders because he come from a single parent home. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> he is one of those guys. He is one of those guys. When you hear him talk, he just <clears throat> he he sounds like a leader and he sounds confident. And then John, when he stepped onto that field, so you were talking about the deep balls, right? Let me tell you something about those those deep throws. And I know that that you've seen it, and I don't know how many people picked up on it. He wasn't stepping into the throws. He was taking some off of that. He was taking He, he wasn't stepping into it. He was literally, like, if you go back and you look at CJ, CJ stepping into it. He's standing there just like, you know, just flipping the ball. I forgot this is, the, Brian, this is the audio as well. So, But <laughs> he's just, you know, throwing the ball with ease. He's flip, literally flipping the ball. And I'm saying to myself, if he takes one step, he probably could have thrown the ball into the end zone. He's he's literally at ease throwing the ball 60 to 65 yards. So I know that he can throw deep. I don't know if he has the accuracy of a C.J. Stroud or even a Bryce Young, but I know that he has the arm. And if he gets with the right people, the accuracy will come. But when I'm just looking at this guy, this physical specimen, and I'm saying to myself, I'm uh, like I, I, that's Cam Newton to me. That's Cam Newton all day long. And here's a guy that if you teach him, so just let's just say that the Texans drafted him. You, new offense coordinator Bobby Sloak, Bobby Sloak just came from an offense where he had Jimmy G and Brock Purdy. He ain't never had nothing like this before. Not healthy with Trey Lance. He didn't have it. Right. So he has he, he, he never had anything like this. And you get some wide receivers and put around him with, the, with Damian Pierce that you have in the backfield and you bring in maybe another running back who can also catch out the backfield and in the slot, B.J. Robinson. But um, when I when I look at, at, at um, Anthony Richardson, I just say to myself, whoever gets him is going to get raw talent like that you can mold. If you put him in the right situation, you can mold him. And he's a guy that wants to learn. He talked about someone asking about his completion percentage. And he's like, I don't like my completion percentage either. He said, but I also can't throw the ball, and catch it. He said, I would like to, and I'm pretty sure that he could because he played wide receiver in high school as well. Mm-hmm. So I loved what I seen from Anthony Richardson. I loved what I seen from C.J. Stroud. I wish I would have got a chance to see Bryce Young. But with the second pick in the – with the second pick in the twenty NFL draft, the Houston Texans select Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Is that because you heard something out there? You know what? I know there's a lot of chatter going on out there, Indy, but we'll get to that another time. Now, I do want to ask you about another player, so briefly, who I think should be wide receiver number one. I just want to ask you, so our listeners can know, and then we'll move on. Jackson Smith Ninjigba. Didn't run the 40, but broke a couple of records in the shuttle, and boy, did he look crisp running those routes. Let me tell you something. Talk to me. If I was Nick Casario... Talk to me. I would send a private plane for his mama right now and go ahead and say, I'm going to put you up at the best hotel with the Post Oak. Talk Uh, to me. I'm going to put you up at the Post Oak until after the draft so we know that you and your family are already here when we call his name. Talk to me. That young man is amazing. The the best part about it, the family just got to travel down 45. They ain't got to go too far. They just come I, on I, right down from 45. We get you a little spot in Pearland or maybe Missouri City. Y'all be all right. 
No, you can't put him in Airbnb. You can't put him in Airbnb. You got to put him in a post oak and say, "Hey, Tillman, I need a favor. I need, I, I need a favor, Tillman. I need these people to stay here until th this family, the whole family. How many? No, I'm saying, but go ahead and buy the house, Pyramid, <laughs> Missouri City, uh, Manville. We got some space out here. Um, go ahead and buy the house, man. That Look, man John, should be a Texan. John, I, I didn't know. I did not know until I seen him. I said to myself. Oh yeah, that yeah. Oh yeah, oh the yeah. Because I, the I cap of the like, weekend was Gary Wilson and Chris Olave saying, "Hey y'all, he's better than us." Yes, and when they and, cold, and, and I put it like this: if he gets past the Texans at twelve, he's going to be a Dallas Cowboy. Oh, for sure, a Dallas Cowboy. For I sure. just wanted to mention that because uh, we've heard the the Jalen Hyatt, who I thought was going to run faster than what he did. Honestly. I thought he was a 4-3 guy. I think that Jackson Smith will run his 40 at his pro day. Uh, and I think that he'll run around a 4-5-4-40. You know, nothing too crazy. But how he wins at the line of scrimmage is what I love in a wide receiver. And I think that's why you get him. Before we close out, got to talk about the O-line. And while sorry, sorry guy out there, young man, that Houston and listeners out there as well, should keep an eye on. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Damian Parsons and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects with deep dives into the sleepers and hidden gems that can change your favorite NFL franchise. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Of course, I am joined by Big Sarge of Big Sarge Media and the Texan Wire. And really quick, I don't know if you guys can tell if you're watching at home. Maybe you can tell. I'm stuffy right now. I'm under the weather, and I don't know what it is. After you turn 30, your allergies and, and your immune system, it, it just weakens. It weakens, and I drink a lot of orange juice. I don't know what it is, Sarge, listeners at home. If y'all got some homemade remedies, put it in the YouTube comments. I don't know. But the moment I turn 30, my immune system needs an ARP discount. Because that's how John, you know what they're going to tell you. Liquor, honey, and a lemon. Oh, Ain't that the, That's old school remedy for everything. That's what we do in the South, man. We're going to add a little <laughs> liquor to it, and it's all okay. That's what, yes. that's what we do down here. Now, yep. you got a center, John Michael Smith from Minnesota. Minnesota plays in the what's it, the Big Ten, right? Yes. So the Big Ten, I think, produces some of the better interior offensive linemen. The boys are always normally kind of big and a little meatier, and they they move bodies out the way. Now he was a guy that popped off the screen, but I saw you tweet about him. Yes. Center, Justin Britt. You know, Houston went on ahead and chunked the deuce to him. Yes. I don't think they can come back with Quisenberry for one more year as the starter, maybe as a backup. Is he the guy Houston should take a look at? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Here's a guy, 6'3", 306 pounds, 33-inch arms, and can move. Sorry. Sorry. Let me out there. <laughs> look, John, and can move and wants to move people. He wants to move objects. He said that in, in an interview, uh, I want to say in an interview this year, he said that the center is the guy. I'm the guy in the middle. I got guys to the left of me and I got guys to the right of me, and I'm leading those guys. 
that everything runs through me. I'm the leader. And so my job is to make sure that I make the other guys successful. That's the type of attitude that you want, especially from an offensive lineman with his size and his skill, an All-American. And once he, John, I, I watched some film on him when he, you know, when he gets his hands on you, when he gets his hands under those pads, he just starts moving things, John. And I love it. Now imagine if Damian Pierce was running behind something like that. Man. Guy that's like, would both of them have the same attitude? Like, okay, well, I want to move this man. I want to move, remove this object that's in front of me. And then you got somebody coming right behind you says, yes, and I'm going to remove every other object that's around us. So, yes, I definitely like uh, John Michael Smith, uh, Smith Jr. And I also like Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas. It's another young man that I've gotten a chance to do some film study on and say, somebody that the Texans might want to take a look at. Uh, right now, when I look at John Michael, they have his NFL comparison to Ben Jones. Uh, and I think, you know, if you insert Ben Jones to this offensive line that they got right now, that would have helped them out extremely. And so if Houston is able to get a center, which I think that between the right guard and, and left guard, I mean, not left guard, and center, and I wonder if Houston plays around with the idea of moving Kenyon Green to right guard. Mm. Uh, and Put that's next something to next to Titus. Um, it's simply because I don't know how much he will get better as, as a pass, pass protector. Not saying he won't. And, and, and let me state this. I believe that he will get tremendously better. Uh, you know, last offseason, he came in, dealt with the injury, had time in, time out, didn't get a full offseason of NFL. So I thought he was still dealing with the college strength and the college speed of things, which is, you know, visibly clear on tape. Yes. But if Houston is able to get an upgrade, whether that be in free agency or if there's a better pure left guard out there, I think moving Kenyon Green to right guard could really help out this team, especially in terms of running the ball. But Houston has to upgrade between the center and guard position. And this is the perfect time to watch all of these young go, young boys go out there, play some ball, do some tape, watch some tape over them, and you know evaluate them because Houston is in a you know special position. I think yes, they could go from last to work. I mean, uh, last to first this year in terms of picking two, maybe you're not picking two next year. Maybe you're picking higher unless the Browns stink and you're picking two because of them. But they have an opportunity to get better overall with this roster, Sarge. And I yes. can't wait to continue to talk to you about this throughout the entire offseason because you know this ain't the last time you stopped by the show. Oh, for sure not. You already good. know that. Thank you guys for checking us out today. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and also subscribe to the Locked On Texans YouTube page as well. Big Sarge, man, what can the family find our friend? Hey, man, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter, Big Sarge Sports with a Z at the end. Also on YouTube at uh, Big Sarge Media. You can find my articles. Make sure I have an article on Tank Dell and on Anthony Richardson. And the Bijan Robinson one will be coming up here really, really, really soon. Uh, you can find those at Texas Wire USA Today. And as always, make sure y'all check us out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We may give y'all a Saturday show. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.